Yeah. And whatever it takes to help your soul love him more and keep him number one, he will be, mm. to us, ruthless. Like, he doesn't care mm. about anything else. It, You know, in quotes, really, yeah. uh, compared to that. He'll do whatever it takes to shake it away from us. And mm. people out there, I'm sure, have experienced that. And that's that. a blessing, man. And it's, it's a like blessing. It's, it's like good. shaking a loaded gun out of a hand of a little kid. Yeah. That's good that's to great. shake it out of their hand, man, because yeah. that's yeah. dangerous. Yeah. Yep. You know, so God cares about our souls so yeah. much that he'll shake yeah. evil, bad things away and out of us. That's great. For our good. And, and we need to be good. thankful. Yep. And that's the whole like living in the storm yep. and not trying to get out of it, but just sitting in it yeah. and let it do its work. Trusting let it run him. its course. Yeah. What's up, brother? How you doing? I'm doing pretty well. I got on. Uh, do you like my shirt? I. It on says Fiddle Town. I'm on Fiddle Town time. What is that? You know where I got this? No. Fiddle Town, California. Okay. Is that on this planet? <laughs> yeah. We uh, went out there. My aunt and uncle live out in Fiddle Town, California. My aunt Cindy and Uncle Wayne, and they're actually BS crew members. Nice. Good looking yeah. out. Yeah. So this is their town, Fiddletown, California. Fiddletown rocks. Yeah, they got a great uh, little church there that they've been a part of for years, and they okay. have a great uh, small group Bible study that they lead. Actually, okay. when we were there visiting them uh, a few years ago, a couple years ago, um, they had a Bible study in their house. Uh, I think it was like on a Wednesday. And people from, it's a small town, but a bunch of the church members come in to their home. They open up the Bible, and I believe it was... Uh, I think it was uh, John 4 and 5, they just start reading. That's how they have their Bible study. They read through the Bible, and then mm. they talk about it along the way. Huh. And they've that's been doing cool. that for years, and that's just the way they do it. Hey, hey, one thing about a Bible study, is there ain't no, no prep work time, <laughs> that's, woo, man, okay. It okay. was great. But, you know, I got to say, when I hear, think of fiddle time, yeah. I think of that song. What's we'll like, can I take you to Funky Town? <laughs> That's what made me think of Funky Town. So I got to get that out. That's in my mind now. So thank you is a funky for wearing the shirt. Yeah. And thank you for you fiddle towners. Yes. You know, for having that Funky Town song stuck <laughs> in my head now. Today, I want to talk about something a little obscure or abstract at first, but I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be good. It's one of the most practical things that has helped me. And it's uh, distinguishing between something that the church reformer, his name's Martin Luther, who started the Protestant Reformation, one of the guys, he, he talked about a theologian of glory versus a theologian of the cross. Mm, okay? Say that again, say that again. Yep. A, the, a theologian or a theology of glory versus a theology of the cross. Okay. okay? Wow. And... Like I said, this has been huge for me over the years and has brought me much comfort and helped me to see the world, I think, in a much better perspective Okay. and given me more hope. So in something called the Heidelberg Disputation, written from the city of Heidelberg, Martin Luther in the year 1518, mm. like he has a series of theses where he would um, make points about his doctrine of the, of, of the gospel 
and where he would defend them. And on one of his points, thesis number 21, he says this, a theology of glory calls evil good and good evil, hmm. but a theology of the cross calls a thing for what it actually is. Okay, that's it. I'm going to repeat it. He says, a theology of glory calls evil good and good evil, but a theology of the cross calls a thing what it actually is. Hmm. Now, to understand this, when you hear the words theology of glory, think that's bad. It's a negative thing uh, for, the, like, for the true Christian believer because a theology of glory means you want all the glory for mm-hmm. yourself. Okay. You want to try to amass and earn righteousness on your own. Okay. And it's all about being, being a, having a theology of glory, kind of like a worldview of self-glory, mm-hmm. I would say. Okay. It's all about making me look better than everybody else and whatever uh, in this world can contribute to me, my well-being, my status, Mm -hmm. my ego project, that's a theology of glory versus a a theology of the cross. And a theology of the cross is one that goes through suffering and taking away things of this world and therefore depends on Jesus to give us his righteousness. All right. So when you, so kind of understanding that if you're a theologian of, um, of glory, then when you look at something that's good, you say it's bad. And when you look at something that's bad, you say that that's good. And is that all predicated on how it affects us personally? Yes. Okay. And how it adds to your ego identity project. Net yep. worth, all of that. So like if you're a theologian of glory, you look mm-hmm. out at the world and you say, let's say that uh, you lose your job. And you say, that's bad. That's awful. That's how you label it. But maybe you're wrong. <laughs> maybe that's not bad for you. Maybe God is trying to work something else in your life to try to get your soul's attention, to give you more of his grace and his love. But you just look at it and say, well, that's bad because it takes away from whatever glorious, it takes away from my status, mm-hmm. it takes away from my power, my success in this life, yeah. and mm-hmm. it's bad. But a theologian of the cross would look at a loss like that and say, hmm, I can see how that's bad on one level, but really, that's been good for me. So it seems to me like the the difference between the two really is the theology of the cross looks at the scope of things from a godly perspective and what God may be doing, whereas the theology of glory is all worldly and about um, it's all about me and my little world I've created for myself. That's perfect. Because when you look at the cross itself, like the, when they were crucifying Jesus, I mean, people are looking at the cross and saying, that's horrible, that's shameful, that's awful. It shows that he was defeated. It shows that yeah. he's uh, a loser, basically. Yeah. But really, that shameful, losing, defeated thing turned out to be the most gracious and the best, the most powerful thing ever. Yeah, I mean, it's like, I think it was Peter who, when Jesus talked about he was going to go away yeah. and die, and he was like, no. Peter, the theologian yeah, of glory. Yeah, now while I'm around, yep. he's like, get thee behind me, Satan. That's perfect. You know, so yeah, I mean, yep. what what we see as evil, God means for good. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. Yep, that's a perfect example. Um, so 
to me that it's about seeing life through a different set of glasses or lenses. Mm -hmm. It's learning to see how God sees because naturally in the flesh, in the sinful flesh, we'll always see things the opposite mm -hmm. way. We're all, we're all born theologians of glory, mm -hmm. wanting everything to be added for our own projects in that. But God wants to train us through his gospel, through his spirit, to see wor the world the right way up. Because we see it upside down right mm -hmm. now. And anything uh, anything good that happens, we see as... <laughs> we, we, don't, we, we mislabel things, yeah, okay? Yeah. And that gets me to... Um, that gets me to this chapter in, in Isaiah. It's a famous chapter in Isaiah chapter 6, a famous passage in Isaiah 6, that I, that I think is speaking to this. So you have, in Isaiah 6, you have Isaiah having this vision of God's throne. It says, it starts off famously, it says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up. Okay, And there's this series of, he sees these these seraphim, these burning angels there, and and uh, and they cry, "Holy, holy, holy!" But then Isaiah, um, skipping down a little bit, he admits his sin, and he says, "Woe is me," uh, because he's in the presence of God. And you're like, as you, as you're reading, you're thinking, "Okay, what's he going to confess? <laughs> what's the big sin that yeah. he's going to confess?" Because he's in the presence of God, and he's like, "Oh, woe is me!" And what he confesses seems almost trivial. It's not like he says, oh, woe is me, I, I killed a guy or something. But he says, woe is me, uh, in verse 5, for I am lost. I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the, in the midst of a people with unclean lips. Like, that's it, unclean lips. That's his big sin. Mm -hmm. And you're like, what? <laughs> that, doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. Like, wh why is that such a big sin? And, and what is, did he have like a swearing problem? Is that it? Yeah. <laughs> is that what it means, unclean lips? Yeah. Or did he uh, gossip? Did he like kiss a, kiss a pig or something? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> and uh, kiss somebody that's not his wife. I mean, yeah. Well, what's with the unclean lips? Yeah. Well, the previous chapter actually spells it out for us. All mm -hmm. right. Uh, you go back to Isaiah chapter 5 and verse 20, and it says this. Notice that. It says, woe to all those. Okay, so it starts with the same word, woe. So that's like an instant hyperlink back there. So not woe is me, but in Isaiah 520, it says, woe to all those who call evil good and good evil. Does that sound familiar? I mean, that mm -hmm. sounds like what Luther was saying. Yep, yep. So with their lips, they're labeling good things bad and bad things good. And it starts off with the label. You know, it starts off with just how they define reality. But mm -hmm. then it goes on and says, who put darkness for light and light for darkness. And then finally it says, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Mm. So if you start off labeling things in life the wrong way, then and it ends up becoming like who you are. Like, then you start getting a taste for evil. <laughs> Like and that's the who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. You start to actually crave and desire the wrong kinds of things. Mm -hmm. your, your your taste buds, your spiritual taste buds are are all mm -hmm. off. All right. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. Does that remind you of uh, any other famous couple in the Bible that they did that? Uh, that they did the same thing, and that's Adam and Eve in the mm. garden. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. In the garden, Satan comes along and um, says, have this fruit. Yeah. And God, it's good. God says it's, it's bad. Good. Yeah, God says, says it's, it's bad. 
good, bad. There's that tension. There's that, that thing. And they think, well, God says that this is an evil, a bad thing, mm-hmm. but we're going to call it good and we're going to taste it. Mm-hmm. And that, that's how that taste for evil came into the human race. And that's how our whole uh, reality's got flipped upside down. Mm-hmm. And, why, and why we crave wrong things to this day. And, um, and, and God obviously wants to reset our uh, spiritual taste buds. Um, also, you think of the book of Judges, too, where everyone did what was right in their own eyes. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like today. And we're doing, doing a lot of places. Yeah, we we label <laughs> things. This this is good. This is bad. And we even define our identities now yeah. <laughs> by like fleshly desires, and we think that's who we are. Those those are the labels that we put on things, and we're just calling good things evil and evil. Well, things it's, good. I mean, it's, it's no different than a lot of things that are happening politically <clears throat> in our country. You know, like. To me, the first problem is, like this says in Judges, everyone did what was right in their own eyes. The first thing, as a Christ follower, we should be looking at things with the eyes of Christ. Mm-hmm. So not yeah, using yeah. our eyes to judge what's right yeah. and what's wrong and what's good yeah. and what's evil. Look at what Jesus' eyes and the way he sees them. And if he calls it good, then we call it good. Mm-hmm. If he calls it evil, then we call it evil. That's right. <clears throat> Even if we think differently. Yep. you know, So we can look at abortion like that. Right, where the world says, man, you should have a choice, you know, where I believe the Bible teaches that, no, you shouldn't be taking life. Yeah, don't murder. So we need to look at it through the lens of God's eyes, through Christ's eyes, um, all the stuff that's going on in our in our country and in our world right now. That's why everything is flipped the way it yeah. is, because we've God has allowed us to have some power and some rule mm-hmm. and reign on this planet the way he designed it to be from day one. And we've gotten more to looking at what we think through mm-hmm. our own eyes is good and what makes sense mm-hmm. instead of going back to God's word and seeing what it has to say about that. He resets us by looking at Jesus. Like you said, that's how we get reset <clears throat> and yeah. how we learn uh, what the proper uh, frame looks like. Yeah, like man. I always like picturing it as a mountain and God has to be number one in your life. Mm-hmm. And what he says is is God mm-hmm. because he is God, Amen. right? And everything else has to follow from there. And if you try to replace him, then um, you you try to flip those things. And and he, if he's good, which he is, he will shake your mountain and get those other things off the top of it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, I like that. So <laughs> so like there's that. this quote by uh, by Carl Jung that I have maybe. A, mm-hmm pretty controversial quote but he's saying the same thing from like a secular psychology perspective and young says this he says to this day god so this name god is the name by which i designate all things which cross my willful path violently and recklessly all things which upset my subjective views plans and intentions and change the course of my life for better or for worse Mm. So he's saying when he thinks of God, God to him is a thing that crosses his path and it upsets the, what, <laughs> what he was doing. And recklessly violently crosses his path. And recklessly. That's that shaking the mountain. Well, yeah, that's because to. he has a mindset of one thing, but God's truth yeah. is going to shake that up because his stuff is bogus. Yeah. There, I mean, there's been so many times in my life where I'm pursuing one thing because mm. I'm acting out of my instinct of being a theologian of glory, mm. glory and wanting. Yeah this thing to add to my self identity project 
and God, because he's merciful, he'll shake my life. He'll mm-hmm. shake that mountain and get that thing off the top in order that he can have the spot at the top once again. Yeah. And that's a mercy to me. Yeah. And that's a good thing. So I look at that shaking that's happening in my life. And I say, yeah. that's bad. Yeah. But God says, no, that's good. Yeah, because we don't want to be disruptive. You know, we want what we determined is good. And that's what we want. And we haven't sought out either what God's word says, and sometimes it's not as easy, mm-hmm. but it's also to be praying to God to have the right discernment. So like I know a friend who, hardworking guy, family guy, wife doesn't work, has a couple kids, and he recently got offered a promotion at work, and he took it. Mm-hmm. And he's finding out that that's the worst thing in the world he could have done. Because mm-hmm. although there is a bump in pay, the responsibilities have increased like fourfold. Mm-hmm. And he isn't able to be the father to his children, the husband to his wife that he should be. So it looked like it was good, Mm -hmm. but it actually is the worst thing, you know. And so that's where, you know, is there a story in the Bible or there verses in the Bible that could speak to that? Probably, but maybe not directly, Mm -hmm. clearly, but to be praying, Lord, help me make the wise choice. Help me discern. It looks like this is good, but. But is it really good for me? And then wait and hear from mm-hmm. God to make your decision. And I know me, I'm a guy that likes to jump. I'm a little froggy, right? I got a little frog in me, so I like <laughs> to jump. And so my friend is too, we're a lot alike. And so it's like, you know, instead of being so froggy, we need to take a step back and pray and wait on the Lord mm-hmm. um, for discernment on what to do. Because waiting seems like a bad thing, though, you it, know? It does because somebody else might get the yeah. promotion or somebody else yeah. may get this good thing yep. that's before us. And it's like, you know what? But maybe waiting's a good thing. It, it's, mm-hmm. When is it ever a bad thing? Mm-hmm. And I would even say, like, not even in the secular world, but even, like, in the church world. Like, mm-hmm. I know a guy who was a, a youth pastor at a small local church. Then he became the lead pastor. And he was young and he was really likable, you know, has a gift of, of oratory gift. And, um, you know, then he went to a jump from that church to a really, really big church mm-hmm. and, and became beloved there. And it was great. And then some other church in another state offered him a, a position, you know, and it's like and I, and, you know, I have no idea like the prayer or what would have went into making those moves. But, you know, just knowing the transitions that happened, it just makes me think like, wow, you know, what are the results of what's happening when you're leaving these places? Like mm-hmm. these are sheep that you were mm-hmm. a shepherd and now the shepherd leaves the flock. What type of hands are they in? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, but I'm kind of getting off the point. I guess my point is like making you can you can make bad decisions that look good even within the church world or in the Christian world. You know, because a lot of us have this Absolutely. mindset of of advancing. Mm-hmm. You know, of more status, of yeah. more power, yeah. more things, of a different mm-hmm. way of living that may we may consider better than mm-hmm. the way we are living. You know, and it just makes me wonder how much people really put um, the situation mm-hmm. before God in prayer. Because it'd be easy to think mm-hmm. I'm a pastor at a church, and some other church seeks me out and say, "Hey, man, come over mm-hmm. here," and it's more sheep, it's more mm-hmm. this ministry is bigger, it's more robust, and it's a good godly thing, and it's going to mm-hmm. be a blessing to people. But what do I got to pray about? Yeah. Like, that's a yes. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not. But is that the best for your soul, <clears throat> for the souls of those around you? Yeah. The, the eternal things. Exactly right. Like, 
it, maybe your church is growing and it's like, oh, we need to build extra onto the church or build new, new and better in there. And we think that's the best thing. But is, is, is that better? <laughs> or is it better if your church shrinks or if there's a church fire or if, there, you know, yeah, all yeah. these other things that could cause you to keep God number one rather than, than yourself and your own interests. Yeah, and it's so easy. They're in tough. The world. Today, especially to me, being connected in the, in the church world, so to speak, mm-hmm. you know, to a Christian organization world, that there's a lot going on right now, you know, and a lot of people are starting new things mm-hmm. and building up new things. And, you know, it, it seems to be this mindset of, you know, bigger, better, faster, mm-hmm. you know, almost like sports, you know, mm-hmm. bigger, stronger, faster. And it's like, you know, I'm trying to be like, okay, God, like this is your thing. What do you desire to yeah. happen in your yeah. thing? I'm just, I'm just humbled to be a part of it. I got decisions and ideas, mm-hmm. but if they're mine, I want them in the trash. So help me mm-hmm. discern what is and what isn't what you want. And yeah. I think that's what, that's what our posture should be, whether it's in the secular world or in the Christian yeah. world, is to look at things through the eyes of Christ and not our own eyes. Mm-hmm. And if you're one of the Ten people watching this. Come on, now. come on now. Don't do it like that. Ten thousand. That's my point, though. Ten million. That's yeah. my point. Mm. I mean, that's the point. I think, I think mm. God knows the best thing for me is to have an audience of like five. <laughs> like he's like, he's like <laughs> Sam. That that's that's all you can. That's all you can handle. That's uh. The the amount of people I want to expose well, you know, to those you, little, those little blue haired men and women, you know, yeah. they need somebody to be um speaking yeah. into their life. So maybe you're the guy. Maybe maybe, maybe. God <laughs> is most interested in your soul. Like that's mm-hmm. what I want to zero Amen. this down to. Yeah. And whatever it takes to help your soul love Him more and keep Him number one, He will be mm-hmm. to us ruthless. Like He doesn't care mm-hmm. about anything else. It. You know, in quotes, really, uh, compared to that. He'll do whatever it takes to shake it away from us. And Mm. people out there, I'm sure I've experienced that. And that's a blessing, man. And it's It's a blessing. It's It's like shaking a loaded gun out of the hand of a little kid. Yeah, That's That's good to shake it out of their hand, man, because that's dangerous. You know, so God cares about our souls so much that he'll shake evil, bad things away and out of us. That's great. For our good. And And we need to be thankful. Yep. And that's the whole, like, living in the storm. Yeah. And not trying to get out of it, but just sitting in it yeah. and let it do its work. Trusting let it run him. its course. There's a verse in Second Corinthians, Second mm-hmm. Corinthians four that uh, came to mind, um, and it says in verse sixteen, mm-hmm. "So we do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day, for this light momentary momentary affliction is preparing for us." an eternal weight of glory beyond all Mm. comparison. Mm. As we look not to the things that uh, are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, Mm. but the things that are unseen are eternal. So God's trying to shake those Mm. transient Mm. things from the grip of our hearts in order to Mm. open our hands and our hearts to the uh, eternal things. Man. I mean, so many things just coming to my mind thinking about what seems good, <clears throat> like nursing homes. Hmm. You know, you hear about how bad some of them are, like the living conditions mm-hmm. and the staff. And it's like, number one, like if they have children, like why wouldn't the children be caring for their parents? Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's a biblical thing. Um, number two, like 
prolonging the life by heavily medicating elderly people just so they won't die is that beneficial hmm. i mean and i'm not saying yeah. I, i'm no, just I i'm get, just posing the question yeah. right like there may be people that listen to this and watch this and think man this dude crazy mm-hmm. is he saying that my 85 year old dad or grandpa that's that's in the hospital taking 25 medications and he can't walk, he can't really talk, but he's alive. Mm-hmm. Is he saying that I need to pull the plug on all that mm-hmm. stuff and just let him die? I don't know. You tell me. Hmm. Like, is yeah. that bettering his life? Is it bettering your life? Is it honoring God? Mm-hmm. Like, like I'm not going to say what I believe because it really doesn't matter, but mm-hmm. I think we need to be asking the question, mm-hmm. God, what do you want us to do? Yeah. Because the world says you preserve life until like there's almost no way not to like perfect example a couple days ago there's a couple in our bible study used to be and the wife called my wife and said her husband had a heart attack Hmm. and died wow and so the son his young adult son found him like on the floor and he started doing cpr then the ambulance came they continued to do cpr and at, at one point, the the doctors or nurses, whoever, looked at the wife and said, we've been doing CPR for 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. We hit him with the defibrillator and all of that, mm-hmm. and nothing's happening. Do you want us to stop? Hmm. And she said yes. Yeah. I mean, at some point, yeah. uh, it's that person that's, that's on a lifeline. They're in a coma. They've been there six months, six mm-hmm. years, 16 years. At some point, like, you you value that person's life and you mm-hmm. don't want them to die, but do we play a part in seeking God and asking him what he wants? Mm-hmm. You know, not in that just situation. our agenda. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Our agenda is always to do that. And mm-hmm. I think there's some instances where it may be it may be God's will mm-hmm. that something different be done than what we're thinking to do mm-hmm. or what the world says to do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love this, another verse from 1 Corinthians 1.18 that says, For the message of the cross mm-hmm. is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of mm, God. Amen. The message of the cross, the, the weaknesses that we get in this life, the uncertainties, the waiting, the mm-hmm. powerlessness, the way that he crosses our path, mm-hmm. like those things to the theologian of glory are foolishness. Yeah, like being meek, being humble. Yeah, yep, exactly. That's against the theology of glory, but yep. that's very much so the theology of the cross. Yep. But to us who are being saved, that's where our power is. Mm-hmm. The power is in God. Amen. Not in ourselves. So I hope this is 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 helpful as you continue to think about it and apply kind of the lens of this theolo- theology of glory <coughs> versus the theology of the cross as you apply that lens to your life and and learn how to see the world right side up again and um yeah Yeah. amen you know like seeing it through god's eyes is always going to be better than seeing it through our eyes so um that's that's a good word for the day and 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 that's that's the heart of bumper sticker faith too like like people have given me a hard time for like our name bs faith really why do you want to be called that it's so like demeaning or it's so crude or whatever it's like that's that's it exactly (laughs) like we're weak and foolish people, you know. Yeah. Sometimes our faith is BS. It is, and, man. Um, a lot of times it is for various reasons. But 
our faith is not in ourselves, but it, it's in God, who, who is our power and who is our uh, hope and our meaning. So mm-hmm. we're just, we can laugh at ourselves. Amen, we can. Yep. Just don't you laugh at us. No, not you. <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, man, thanks for tuning in again. If there was this beneficial for you, maybe like it, maybe share it with others. If you have some feedback, if you have something um, to add to maybe teach us, because we can learn. We don't know it all, man. Shoot us an email at bumperstickerfaith at gmail.com. Yeah. Until we see you guys or, or talk to you guys again, man, it's been a blessing and an honor. You take care, and God bless. God bless. Peace. Peace.